Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, what's the number one characteristic of an organization that's Christ-centered and culture-changing? Is it love? Is it flourishing? Is it doing good things? What sets an organization apart from the rest and really impacts the employees in a positive way? In my mind, you also have to ask the question, are there really any organizations that care enough to find out? (laughs) Now, I speak about organizations like they're a thing. That's false. That's really fake news. Organizations are made up of people, run by people, supposedly to benefit other people. So how do you make sure that they're really doing good at work? And how do you tie it into the idea that all of our faith lived out in all of our life should be benefiting those all around us, whether they believe in Jesus or not? Dr. Boomer Brown joins us today to talk about his organization doing good at work and to give you and me practical steps where we can not only do good at work, but allow our faith to impact those at work. Dr. Boomer Brown, that's the last time I'm calling you doctor, by the way. Dr. (laughs) Boomer Brown, welcome to I Work For Him. How does your faith actually shape your work? Well, I look, uh, there's a lot going on today in the area of faith and work. There's a lot of conversation uh, happening here, and it's good conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think sometimes when I look at faith and work, I think the first thing the average person here sitting in the pew on a Sunday, if that's the topic, uh, is that, you know, I'm supposed to share the gospel, the five steps of the gospel at work. And I think sometimes that's a very limiting thing. That might be the pinnacle of uh, what one does, but it's not the only thing. And to be honest with you, Martha, it may not be the first thing we need to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, over the years of uh, working, uh, you know, at IBM, at the Wendy's Corporation, as a dean of the college, in places, it's always been important for me to live out my faith at work in such a way that what I produce as an employee is quality work, respecting all the workers around me, caring deeply about my customer, making sure that I live with the highest amount of integrity and honesty, and doing that. So in essence, what we like to say is it's not only redeeming people at work, it's also redeeming business and work itself. So, Boomer, living that kind of life out while you're at IBM and those other places that you mentioned, another free plug right here and I work for him. So how did how did you living out your faith in those ways with a high level of excellence and integrity how did it impact those around you do you have any idea sure uh i'll give you a a very uh cool situation i say i work for IBM, so instantly people think oh guy's a geek he's got some it background (laughs) he's probably got degrees in computer science i have none of that and i came to the ibm company because i had a very peculiar skill that ibm needed i had taught myself how to do microsoft uh, products and became a certified Microsoft engineer. And also, dating myself now, I knew how to work a Novell network. IBM needed that skill, and they brought me in. And they let me be a p- part of a team that designed the international help desk offering for the IBM company. Hmm. And in the prospects of doing that, I started to meet lots of different people. And every day, I went to work with a positive attitude. 
I cared about the people around me. I was interested in developing the processes. I was interested in delivering the best quality, best quality product that I can for our customers. And I wanted to generally, generally, genuinely help people. And because of that, it helped me to flourish so that those in leadership around me began to see the value I had as an employee. So very quickly, I escalated up through the uh, executive chain where the most exciting place that I worked at in the IBM company was the Global Services Executive Briefing Center in uh, Research Triangle Park, North Carolina. What's cool about that is that people, the leading CEOs and leaders in the top 50, 100, 200 companies around the world came to me every day and in briefing and uh, talking to them about how we could make them better. You know, we had live conversations, real conversations mm. about technology, but this is what would happen. You ask me what happened in those situations. I always ate lunch or dinner with these folks and inevitably during our conversation, almost 100% of the time, someone on that executive team asked me about my faith. I never one time mentioned my faith. I never one time said I was a Christian or I was trying to do this. I just did my job at a level, and I cared about those people. And inevitably, they always asked me if I was a person of faith. And mm-hmm. guess what? Then I had the opportunity to share. I've uh, done that with some that. of the greatest leaders in the world. So um, you kind of left us with a cliffhanger a little bit. So we're talking with Dr. Boomer Brown, and he is um, with an organization called Doing Good at Work. And you can find that on doinggoodatwork.com. And I hope that doesn't give away the rest of his story. But Boomer, you were telling us that back in 2005, after 9-11, you had opportunities basically to go a lot of different places other than at home um, in order to to continue your career is what it kind of sounded like we were going there. Why don't you tell us what you ended up deciding to do? Well, when it all came down and the clouds cleared, I decided to leave IBM. And when I decided to leave IBM, my wife and I prayed about that. And I took the years of experience of working with CEOs and business companies. Mm-hmm. I took my background in education uh, with a master's divinity degree and a PhD in theology to marry that together. And I realized that my future was to be able to meet with high-level leaders in companies, uh, small, medium, or large, and to help them do good at work. And so we started that journey. Wow. So you said that you also believe that business leaders um, need to connect their hearts and their minds. Uh, Talk about that. Why do you think they're disconnected? Well, I think they're disconnected in two reasons. One, they're disconnected because of our business education structure in the United States. (laughs) And what I mean by that, uh, in a lot of places around the world, business focuses more on what's in my head than what's in my heart. Now, let me say this quickly for those business people that are listening that that's a little squeamish. Yes, God is interested in good business, 
around good data, around good profit, about good process. He's interested in those head kind of things. But he's also interested in the heart. This is the development of the people, the development and appreciation of those people, their character development, about their development as people skills, meeting their family needs. So when you connect the two, you get a very robust, business okay. outlook. Well, well, but you know, a lot of people listening today are the people working for that business leader, that organizational yeah. leader, and they're looking at their bosses saying, I think their heart and their mind are disconnected. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're struggling. So, And these are Christ yeah. followers who really want to make a difference, but they're frustrated with their work. And some of many of them are working for people who proclaim to be Jesus followers. Where's mm-hmm. how, how does the average worker, whether they're working in a business or working in an organization that serves within our economy, how do they work for somebody whose heart appears to be disconnected from their mind? Well, I think that's uh, a big question that we deal with day in and day out with employees. And this is what I tell those employees. First of all, I go right to scripture and I understand that I'm working not just for the company and for this person, but overall, I'm working for the Lord. What we have is seven universal principles of flourishing. And one of those principles, the first principle, says that people matter. The second principle says that work is life-giving. In a work situation where it is always work-death-bringing, you need to step back as a follower of Christ and pray through that. Make sure first that your heart is right, you're doing your work unto the Lord, and then the offering that you're bringing. You have to see that work is a part of God's plan. Okay, okay. It's not just something that... Mm-hmm. You're moving so fast. That was a really good point because a lot of people that are sitting out here listening to the I Work For Him today mm-hmm. as we talk with Dr. Boomer Brown from doinggoodatwork.com, they're thinking... Yeah, my work doesn't feel so life-giving. It, it feels mm-hmm. death-bringing, uh, as yeah. you just said. And, and so a lot of people think, well, I just want to quit my job and just go work at, at, at a church. Or I want to quit my job mm-hmm. and go on the mission field. I want to quit my job and go somewhere else where I can be appreciated better. Talk to the talk to the listener who is in a death-bringing kind of work environment versus a life-giving well, earlier you asked me a question, why the heart and head's not connected, and I said the first is because of the educational system. The second is because of the church model. Sometimes what we say from the pulpit, un, uh, unintentional, is that there is a big difference between the secular and the sacred, mm-hmm. and we value the sacred a whole lot more than the secular, and we don't see the value of our secular work. The way to revitalize your feeling about your work is to understand whether you're a janitor, a trash person, you're a, you know, a, a clerk in a store, retail operation, you're on a help desk, you're working, whatever task it is that seems menial to you, to God, that is not a menial task. Right. That is an important task, and you are an important cog in His cultural transformation and business transformation. And when you start breathing in that life, when you start thinking on things above, things that are true, things that are holy and just, and what He's really said about work and how valuable you are, and you know that you're working for Him, and you go there every day, not just to deliver whatever it is that you do, but also deliver love, 
you know, the, the fruits of the Spirit come through you. All those things can be manifested in how you do your job every day, and you find fulfillment in that. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking back when, you know, uh, to the person who is dreading going to work, that it just sucks the yeah. life out of them. I kind of compare uh-huh. that to the person who goes to church and goes, yeah, I didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy this service. You know, their perspective needs to change. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yes, that's what I mean by the heart. The mm-hmm. heart, their perspective. God needs to change your mind. I mean, Paul just writes, I mean, one of the greatest verses in the Bible that deals with the mind is Romans 12 and 1. Not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed yeah. by the renewing of the mind. Right. I mean, this is where it happens. We need to surround ourselves with people. That's why we need each other at work, and, and we need to help each other work through the... I didn't say it was easy. A lot of things we teach are very right. simple to understand, but they're not easy to do. We you need know, those one another's that God says in the Bible. Yeah. We need those one Well, I mean, how do you live life without another? I mean, and that's, that's right. really what you just said is... There's this great divide between sacred and secular where we value the sacred more than the secular, but what we need to learn to do is to see the secular as truly sacred. One of the persons I'd like to highlight is a lady by the name of Vicki Ishmael. Uh, she is the president owner-operator of an organization called High Grove Estates. You can see their story on our website. And, uh, you know, I met Vicki about four years ago. Uh, actually, here in Raleigh, we had a large international conference here, and I went in to uh, be a part of something. I sat down beside this lady, began to introduce her. How did I know that in this relationship that was developed there that it was going to transform her entire business? She was about to quit. Hydrova Estates is an all-inclusive wedding venue. It was, you know, she, we won't go there, but she... Uh, I came along beside her as her executive coach, which is something that we do, and we began coaching her. And as we helped her, we talk about in our coaching model, you know, what's your worldview? What are your character? What are your values? What are your roles? How do you block and tackle things? How do you keep physical, mental, emotional, spiritual things in balance? We use a model for that. Okay, we trained her to do that. It began to transform her business in the way she led we were invited to do things in there, but here's where I want to go with this. It not only transformed her, it transformed High Grove Estates, but this is what she did. She had a dream in her heart. That dream in her heart was to start a sandwich shop. That sandwich shop, everyone employed in that sandwich shop would be a lady who was coming out of prison or coming out of homelessness. Mm-hmm. She wanted to teach them a culinary skill, and she wanted to deliver a quality product to the consumer and get both sides of the coin. She did that. That organization is called Carol's Kitchen. Uh, you can see them at Carol's Kitchen uh, online, and it's in the middle of Raleigh. And in Raleigh, it was highlighted in the Washington Post. It was also highlighted in the uh, one of the uh, the New York papers as one of the must go to places right. in Raleigh to get a sandwich. You've been listening to High Work Friend with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for Him. Let's face it, there's only so much you can accomplish in a day. As a busy leader, countless distractions are vying for your time. And these distractions are often important things, but maybe not the best use of your time or passions. Thankfully, our friends at Belay can help. 
Belay is an innovative staffing solution with over 10 years of experience serving clients and has successfully matched thousands of organizations with part-time virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media strategists. They equip clients to do what only they can do, fulfill their purpose, and be the steward of faith they were called to be. To help you prioritize all the demands of your time, Belay is offering our listeners a free download of their Ideal Workweek template, where you can better manage your calendar to make time for what matters most. Just text 4HIM to 55123 for your free download. Again, that's 4HIM to 55123. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at IWorkForHim and online, IWorkForHim.com. <laughs>